0: Hey everyone, welcome to Hey, You're on Mute. I'm Sangeet and with me is my friend from college, Arun.
1: This is the first episode of our podcast and today we're going to be talking about how the pandemic has impacted schooling this year and how that's led to the rise of online classes.
0: One side says that it's democratized education, but have the inequalities also risen? Let's find out. Hi Arun, how are you doing man?
1: Hey man, all good. How about yourself?
0: Doing well, man. I think, uh, you know, I think the lockdown is sort of uh, not no longer there in India, but it's sort of taking its, the whole social distancing thing and staying indoors is taking its toll. But tell me this thing, you know, this is your second lockdown in UK. How different is this from the first and, you know, are you doing anything differently staying indoors?
1: That's a good one. Um, I'm not really sure if you're doing anything differently, to be honest. I think people are a bit more uh, relaxed compared to the first one, because the first one was, you know, the first of many, and people didn't really know what to do. Uh, So there was a lot of panic buying and all that kind of stuff that you would have seen on the internet, Uh, people buying toilet paper and all that. But that's not been the case. uh, The second time around, I think people are a bit more pragmatic about where things are going hmm. they know that you know certain laws have to be followed precautions have to be taken uh, so that's been that's been that's been all right um, also i think in one sense um you know when you think about um, your work and all of that um uh, the, the the prevalence of online i mean now that we've been like what six or nine months in since the first lockdown um you know people are a bit more comfortable um with um, how they treat work versus how they would treat life and um, in fact just talking about technology in itself i mean that's really like entered our households isn't it i mean that's just something that's uh and it's probably here to stay
0: you know you're absolutely right and it's i feel it's not just us uh, for example uh, uh, you know my maid at home Uh, You know, for the last five years or so, I have been asking her to get herself a smartphone uh, so that, you know, it's easier to get uh, some, you know, some documentation done, some bank work done. I can even transfer money quickly to her, but she's never, ever accepted uh, any of that. And in fact, she has a sort of a weird strict no phone policy altogether, Uh, you know, and her husband's got one simple, very simple, uh, simple no frills phone. Now... uh, you know, uh, uh, I recently happened to speak to her. She called me up uh, one day, and she told me that she finally got uh, a tablet for her, uh, for her kids. Uh, mainly because they sort of now most of their classes are now online. So, so she was telling me how she had to shell out this huge amount of money uh, to get, a, you know, to get a Samsung tablet or something. Uh, and the first thing that struck me was that. I've been spending all this while talking about how great it is to get a smartphone and this person who's never ever liked it. but now suddenly the reason for them to purchase a phone is so much more important and relevant and uh, you know almost uh, you know something that she can't she can't do without right so mm-hmm. so when you so when you say that you know uh, I, I, you know we're all sort of having this overload of technology and devices right. within you know at home and at work, yeah. I think now suddenly it's not just us but a whole bunch of other people who've always who've never ever had to rely on technology uh, to get work done or even for their, their kids who are sort of going to school. and I think that the whole pandemic changes that equation completely.
1: I see. Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting that you, you mentioned. I mean, it's not very dissimilar here in the in the UK as well, um, especially in terms of, you know, the kind of impact um, uh, the pandemic has had on education. <laughs> Obviously, like there were a lot of uh, instances throughout this year where they had to cancel exams and, uh, uh, you know, like um, in, in in Wales and England. And then there was a whole uh, load of confusion around whether it was going to happen, how were the classes going to be conducted. But, the funny thing is, somehow I think people, for some weird reason, I'm not sure if it's down to a generational thing. Um, at least the students, as far as I, 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 I am aware of, have all, you know, taken it really well and kind of adjusted to the fact that things are going to happen online, uh, be it via Zoom or maybe some other online instructional, you know, courses that the the teachers uh, devise. I think the teachers, on one end, um, have had some sort of a learning curve. Uh, oh yeah. So, yeah. So for them, it's not been that straightforward. And I, I'm actually aware of a few of my friends who, who teach, uh, who they take tuition classes and stuff. And uh, what, because of this whole lockdown, what what's happened is they've already had this issue of, you know, uh, minding a class and, you know, making sure that the kids, especially like when you're at a very formative age or, you know, if you're really young kids uh, the kind of issues that they would have in, in, you know, teaching something to them or just making sure that they are paying attention. Now it's even worse because the physical presence is not there. You've got to do it online. you got to do it over a video. Like, how are you going to manage? And it just, it just baffles me that, you know, some people uh, are able to take it well. Obviously, uh-huh. like, you know, kudos to them for doing that. But at the same time, I'm not surprised that some people actually struggle. I mean, to, you know, like, even mentally, they come back and go like, oh my God, this is the most painfully sort of yeah. uh, mentally draining sort of uh, uh, session that I had uh, all day, uh, you know, and yeah, that's, uh, it's, it, it, it's, it's a funny time to be actually, isn't it?
0: <laughs> Spot on, you know, when you were talking about how these teachers need to figure out how to mind the class, <clears throat> you know, I was thinking about this sir back in school, who had this habit, I think he was my math sir, uh, he had this habit of throwing the chalk, right? Uh That's not happening in the online classes. I don't see I I think none of the kids are going to be, you know, you know, chalks are going to be hurled at them at any point of time. But so I'm just trying to figure out how do these teachers sort of deal with such instincts still, right? Because hey, you've got reactions
1: on Zoom for a reason, isn't it?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, but then here's the thing, right? You've got all these funny reactions, and, uh, and you've got these angry reactions. But what I've been seeing is, you know, all, not all of these teachers know how to use zoom or, or really, as like you said, maybe not all of them are comfortable with technology, sure. right? They just, I mean, for the most part, they're just trying to figure out, okay, am I online? Is this on? I mean, yeah. take us for examples. We've been working for a while, you know, zoom and all these, you know, Skype and all these conferencing tools aren't new to us, but we, we still go into meetings where people, uh, you know, you know, are sort of checking saying, can you see my screen? Am I audible? Or wait a second—you're speaking with, you know, you've muted yourself accidentally, right? So, but when you think of teachers where they've spent 10, 15, 20 years just, you know, just writing on the blackboard, hmm. throwing chalks at, stu- at students, you know, sitting down explaining to students very well with, and maybe some of them even even use props. You know what I mean? Right. But suddenly now they have to deal with—they uh, have to deal with a couple of things. One, they got to figure out how do they do all of that online. Yeah. Uh, but two. You know, what all do they need to take care of when they're online? Like, for example, uh, you remember back in college uh, and, you, you know, how you would have, I mean, I'm sure, you know, you and I, we've got these crazy stories of proxies and whatnot, right? <laughs> like the guy, and it's phenomenal stories, right? But now suddenly in the online space, a teacher now needs to figure out how to take attendance online uh, and at the same time also understand how to use the tool. So uh, I, I think, I, I think it's, it's it's a very different. Uh, it's kind of like a challenging time for teachers, uh, and uh, you know I think there are quite a few funny stories and incidents um, on that.
1: Anything you can recall?
0: Yeah, I mean I'll tell you this fun stuff that uh, you know that somebody shared to me on on, on WhatsApp. <laughs> there was this sir and uh, there was this lady, uh, uh, and she was uh, you know uh, she was I think she had just begun the class and she was just doing the roll call. And, uh, you know, she's very serious. She's very sincere, doing her work very well. Uh, and suddenly in between, uh, I can see on my screen that there are the, the, the names of some of the students are really weird, right? But but apparently, and this is what surprised me the most, she just goes through the roll call without batting an eyelid. So she's literally going like, okay, Mohit, uh, Mohit Sharma. Uh, you know uh, you know please uh please unmute unmute yourself and say you're present and you know mohit says present you know uh brasika please say this thing and then she suddenly goes osama oh
1: i see
0: donald trump that is not your real name please change who is this mia khalifa please put your real name you go, do you know this entire session is being recorded like i was surprised because a those kids are genius i think uh, you know absolute morons if you ask me in terms of annoying a teacher but really um, but really how did the teacher how is she able to maintain a straight face i mean mm. either she, i mean she you know either she doesn't know any of those you know those those names or those people but she just went on as though it's her job a part of me had to imagine like she's been doing this for 20 years and she you know just give her a break man just exactly just stop pulling the poor thing's leg
1: yeah absolutely i mean I, th- I think it also calls for a lot of composure isn't it i mean the more, more experienced teachers some of them i mean it might come naturally to them but there are so many where they got to keep a straight face exactly like you said um you know think about the priorities that actually lie in front of them at that point I'm also mm-hmm. thinking about cases where, you know, situations where the, the teacher has to actually relearn the course, like, you know, like, really, mm. how, how like, they may have had a very standard way of presenting and teaching and, um, you know, in, in in whatever fashion, read, write, wrote, whatever. But mm-hmm. now, because the medium has changed, um, and obviously, the students at the other end, um, are of a, a different breed, you know, Gen Z, or whatever you want to call them, I think, that entire model goes for a toss. And this is where the, it comes, the onus comes down on the teacher as well as to how best to deliver that same course in a different fashion, in a different way altogether. And um, sometimes I also think like, you know, like if you were, we just talked about the, the, the whole, uh, you know, the whole ball game around being online and uh, yeah. us having a, an upper hand. I mean, would you actually say that some of the younger teachers who are from our generation, um, who are probably more tech savvy, um are already uh-huh. have an upper hand on over these experienced teachers you know who've been teaching for 20 years or so I think um this is where maybe the younger teachers um have got an advantage of some sorts
0: uh you know there was this one teacher who somehow managed to use augmented reality in one of her classes right oh, she, wow. I, I don't I don't remember because so I think she had done her research uh, regarding apps that support it or you know she had done her she, I mean, pun unintended, but she had done her homework, and <laughs> she came up prepared to the class, and she was showing phenomenal stuff. I saw it. I saw the news report, uh, and I was genuinely blown because uh, this teacher sort of, you know, she just went ahead. She said, "You know what? I'm going to I'm going to do this any which way." Now, that's obviously going to be difficult for, let's say somebody who is not so tech savvy to deal with, Hmm. what happens when, you know, some of these kids actually go to the principal or, you know, sort of give feedback saying, I want, I want uh, this particular, I want, you know, everyone to teach like this particular teacher who uses augmented reality Hmm. or, Hmm. or, you know, other, or, you know, other professors who now aren't restricted to you know, just using a blackboard, but Mm. they could sort of now pull in YouTube videos to show examples better, Mm. PPTs and all of that, right? But uh, now they need not necessarily be great at the topic or the content But they could be just better, uh, you know, they just could be just better equipped with technology to deliver the same message.
1: And and that just brings something else to light, isn't it? I mean, if you just shift focus to the students as well, I mean, you know, just keeping teachers aside for a minute, students in in, in their own right, I mean, I've I've got all right to go back to these principles and maybe even question uh, the establishment going, hold on, you know, we paying all these exorbitant tuition fees, and, you know, we were sort of expected to be actually present, physically present in classes with books and everything. And certainly you've got this whole ordeal of having to do things online where you're just being sent PPTs um, or slides or whatever. And then suddenly you start questioning, you know, is this right? Like, is this, you know, yeah. is it, you know, does this model actually work? Like, you know, why are we paying these fees in, to begin with? And I was also thinking on, 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 on the other side, um, and especially huh. it's quite, uh, quite relevant to this year, for instance, like um, these were questions asked from some of my friends as well. Um, so Sep- August and September is usually the time where most uh, universities actually open. Um, especially abroad, right? And then that's where uh-huh. you've got students from across the globe, um, not just locally, trying to apply for the to these universities, trying to find a place. And imagine there were students from maybe who applied last year, got an admit, and were supposed to fly in this year to their preferred universities abroad. What about those students? Because now with the lockdown, this pandemic... Uh, flights obviously not functional forget you know let let alone classes being uh, actually happening what happens to these students and you know how are they to cope in such a scenario
0: I know a lot of my uh, you know my connection sort of getting upset because just like how you said, and this is probably a higher education thing where mm. they had to sort of fly into the U S and some of the colleges, but they couldn't clearly because of the pandemic. Mm. And suddenly they were figuring out, you know, I've paid so much money and a lot of times, you know, that, that tuition fee it has come through loans, right? And loans have never easy. Now, suddenly they're trying to figure out, dude, what happened suddenly? Because, okay, yes, I'm getting all the, curriculum and all of that, but, you know, I'm really not getting all the facilities and the infrastructure that is part of part and parcel of the program. Oh, that's uh, been promised, know, the isn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. A reputed college, like a Harvard or something. I mean, I know yeah. you've got online courses and that is a thing these days on LinkedIn. If you see everyone, yeah. everyone's doing a certification course, right. But, um, and now, you know, people begin to question, I mean, is that where the world's headed where people just do online courses and you could just get a badge from, certainly or whatever the badge i forget the, the name of that that organization that actually does that but uh, you get all these does badges mean coursera and, no yeah coursera is more from the moocs point of view but i was thinking like you've huh. got these um badges that are assigned by this company Certly, i think that's what it's called okay um okay. and and it's automatically uh, attached to your linkedin profile or your cv online cv uh, and that's it you you go around with it i mean that's as good as say you've got a degree from a university because A, you're not going to that university anymore, everything's online anyway, so might as well just do online courses.
0: I actually think uh, if that's the way the world's gonna go, I'd be actually happy about it. Uh, Because, you know, why would you really go into Harvard? Yes, the curriculum's great and all of that is, you know, all of that's amazing, right? But really, you know, going into Harvard or let's say some of the top B schools in in India or in UK for that matter is, at least in B schools, is largely about the kind of connections you're trying to make. Precisely. It's about the network,
1: isn't it? Exactly. The network you build. Yeah.
0: Of course, I think it's very different when you talk about, uh, you know, undergrad courses. And I know for a fact it's not the same across different disciplines. But I think for some programs like, let's say, a business school program, it's really about the networks you're making. Because you know that a lot of the folks who are going to go into Harvard are probably going to reach somewhere successful. They are sort of like the who's who of, you know, when and where. Uh, So the network is really important. But having said that, if we were to take the same example and put it towards schools, right, up to K-12 and above, K-12 really, uh, you know, in such a case, is it now a lot more challenging for people to attend classes? Because think of it this way, right? Um, one way I'm going about and telling, you know, I've democratized education. If, every, if, you've, got, if you've got internet and if you've got a device, that's it. You're going to be, you probably can get the best education that anybody else can get. But the problem is not a lot of people have access to internet. Uh, mm. I mean, forget internet. Not a lot of people might have access to electricity. I was speaking to our, uh, you know, our Dhobi back from college. And I remember, uh, you know, at least, you know, a couple of years ago when we were still studying, he, you know, he would tell me that back in his village, there wouldn't be 24 hours of electricity right you wouldn't get you could not depend on electricity at all so what about students who now have to go online they don't have access to electricity internet rates uh, you know internet or or in some cases like my maid for example where they might not necessarily have the money to shell out to purchase a tablet you know i think i think when you think of it from that perspective suddenly online education seems to have a lot of you know lot of problems that you now have to deal with which which has got less to do with skill set but more to do with um, i don't know if economic strata is the right word i'm I'm really bad with these but uh, do you get what i mean
1: yeah no i absolutely understand what he's saying Yeah, i know i actually agree with what he's saying to be honest with the whole online education i'm just questioning whether that model was right in the first place for and it's not even like uh, it's not. It's not even where universities are demanding. It's the society. It's basically institutions and organizations out there who are recruiting these students. Who, in 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 an archaic fashion, would have probably gone, okay, have you got a degree from said University? Show me a degree. Show me this. Show me that. But now with this model changing, I think it's high time that, you know, the entire sort of recruitment side of the world also changed where the emphasis is given to actual sort of skills and um you know the skills of a student basically or the merit on on that merit rather than which university they went to um and just going back to the other point you made actually that's a very good one about the economic disparity that we actually have between uh, you know the different the different echelons of the economic strata let's just stick with the strata <laughs> wow that okay. you talked about right? <laughs> but all right just, okay just on the, on that right i mean i think it's a good point you make there because not everyone is as privileged as we think of this. I mean, it's it's easy for us to talk over a podcast about everything that's going on, but we got to yeah. spend some you know spend some time thinking about you know uh, you know uh, thinking about those people out there. It's kind of the underprivileged, you would say, who may not have the resources to actually support their kids um, through to maybe you know the the basic needs. And and now with everything moving online. I think those basic needs suddenly just come out to have you got the bed have you got the, the gadgets have you got electricity and have you got uh, a, a a nice place for yourself where you mm-hmm. can actually yeah. have these online classes at at home
0: how long do you think this is going to go because i think in my case with as far as work is concerned, you know, we can sort of largely do 90-95% of my work can be done online the way I see it. But, uh, you know, and the company might decide that Sangeet continue to work remotely. But do you see that a similar trend like that for schooling where people might say, maybe for these subjects, they're better off delivered online and not really in class or we don't really need, you know, we need to sort of revamp the entire curriculum of something.
1: I, I, I think it should. I think it should. I think what's going to happen or should happen, rather, is this paradigm shift right, in the way this model has always operated. I think now is the time for um, you know, society in general, including you know, be it the teachers, parents, whoever, like everyone to take a step back and go, right, what really are we talking about here? What really do we want in the next few years? I mean, yes, there's probably a vaccine coming, but that doesn't mean like, say, this time next year, everyone's going to be back. Um, in, in, in the universities because then you've got to start thinking what about this generation like this this year the students of 2020 are they suddenly have, have they just taken a back seat just because of the pandemic and you don't want that to happen right mm. so I think it the, the, that entire sort of system as a whole I think needs to take um needs some sort of a revamp I think a rethink about how uh, courses are are designed courses are um, you know, sort of professed um, to 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 the students, uh, and in general, I think how the organizations take a take a stand and take a um, you know take a call as to what happens beyond um, classes. You know, so I think yeah, that's something that yeah. would be worth looking at. And this is an interesting one, which you could think about, like cyber bullying as well, because uh, there was a recent study that was done in in the UK, and uh, what the the UK government I think is the I think it's the Bureau of Education or whatever it's called, um, Mm -hmm. probably Ofsted. Um, What what they actually said is uh, there's been a a greater percentage of kids between the ages of 12 and 17 um, who've actually experienced cyberbullying. In fact, what they say is actually 20% of all young people between the ages of 12 and 20 uh, were bullied in 2019 alone. So you can just imagine that number to be way more massive uh, this year. And this is something; it is a, a a case for concern as well. And and how mm. institutions and you know the education institutions out there actually do something about it to tackle that. Um, Australia is is an interesting example. I mean, they themselves had to take had to re- review um, you know their their entire sort of uh, procedures that they would follow. So, for instance, they would never allow until last I think until two years ago actually they wouldn't allow mobile phones. Uh, into classrooms, um, there was also a strict um, sort of decorum uh, maintained around how much time you would spend online, even during classes as part of your curriculum. Uh, and the reason for that was, when questioned, obviously because this this felt like, hello, this is you know the twenty first century. We expect students to be doing a lot more stuff online. <laughs> Their right. stance was that um, you know we, we need to take uh, uh, some sort of measure against cyberbullying. And Australia actually oh. has. Australia actually has one of the lower rates when because of cyberbullying, if, if you were to compare it to that to some of the other developed nations like UK and the US. However, um, they had to change that. They had to change that two years ago, which now in hindsight seems all right because everyone's moved online and everyone has to have a mobile anyway this year. But now they've also under immense pressure because cyberbullying's back, and now e- students are now exposed to the kind of crime that they wouldn't have been exposed, say three, four years ago. So how do, how do you cope with that? I mean, that's an
0: interesting take, an interesting topic in its own right. Uh, I also think there might be some new ways the whole online schooling could be. Like Like, it need not be online, right? Like how, exa- for example, uh, in some parts of Kerala, uh, you've got like a lot of sc- students are attending classes by just watching TV. You've got these channels. Hmm. Uh, and I know, I don't remember all the channels. One of them is Victor, something is another one uh, where they just sort of, playing recorded sessions on TV itself. So you're not really requiring to have an internet connection. In one village, what they do is they sort of somehow, uh, you know, somehow connect it to a projector or something and just broadcast it, you know, uh, in the open space so that kids could sort of sit in a classroom-esque fashion, but Hmm. still sort of attend classes online. So a couple of interesting takes on, you know, the whole different delivery, if I can call it so, of the whole online schooling.
1: Okay. No, I think that's a, that's, a, that's a good point, actually, because, um, you know, just like you mentioned how you've got these pre-recorded messages, I think there are a lot of these online platforms which are, uh, you know, taking a, taking a different look, maybe a refreshed look at how things could be done. I mean, you're not going to believe it, but TikTok's into this now. So, you know, when you first think about TikTok, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? You have all these dance challenges. videos man oh yeah exactly. annoying it, it,
0: dance videos yeah
1: dance videos you got all these challenges that come up and you know how mm-hmm. it used to be like you you know do a dub over a, a, a music or thing or whatever like a song of some sort i think it, it, i think it was all like taken over musically anyway i think like,
0: we're t- I, th- I think we're too old <laughs> to yeah <understand> how <laughs> clearly
1: <we are>. <laughs> clearly <laughs> no but funny enough just uh on the 5th of november actually like i think TikTok, they pumped in a lot more money into the education side of the world. So what they started to do, I think it's called like learn with TikTok. And they had a whole hashtag going on. Um, And what they want to do is, you know, like how you've got these um, how to do this and how to do that kind of videos on Uh YouTube. uh They're doing the same with TikTok. And I actually know of some, um, I think some, some schools or some colleges out there who are actually, who have actually latched on to this and propagating that with the kids, because they know for a fact that TikTok is popular. Right? TikTok yeah. can propagate so well with kids these days, the Gen Zs. And this is an a- absolute peach medium for the message to come across to them because they'd be looking at the next big challenge to do. And hey, they've got to learn with TikTok. Okay, might as well check this video and see what it's all about. So instructional videos are being sent out to kids via TikTok. And that's, I mean, I, I'm, I'm actually very intrigued to see where this is <laughs> going to go with TikTok, to be honest. <laughs> So, um, yeah, if you, anyone, any any of the listeners, if you, if you are on TikTok, uh, and if you want to check it out, I think it's called hashtag learn on TikTok. I think, uh, yeah, if you go on
0: that. Well, at least (laughs) they got the. It's a
1: cheap plug for TikTok, and they're not even sponsoring us, isn't it?
0: (laughs) I think we clearly aren't their target audience. No. But we uh, we are way past it.
1: That's only because we're here and you don't need education anymore.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think that also means it's not everything is all gloomy and and stuff right i think at the end of the day uh the good part is that because tech has been around for so long i think it's easier for students to figure out uh you know i'm sure there are these concerns of cyberbullying and cybersecurity and all of that and all of them very legit and genuine stuff but yeah. i think the fact that uh you know maybe some students actually like uh, and actually understand better when it's on tiktok maybe they just they just are more comfortable using zoom and all these technologies to sort of get access to it of course there is the element of you know inequalities and does everybody have access to technology and i think that's always going to remain no matter what and i think we have to do a lot in that space i think in some aspect uh you know there are some of these signs of goods you know good times or you know positivity where uh, you know students uh, i think are just connecting better with the teacher now that the teacher is also in an online environment and you know they're also trying to figure out how do you mute this how do you share your yeah. screen and you know maybe the, t- the students are now t- teaching the teacher saying madam you've got to press this get green button there with the arrow up or something.
1: I I, totally agree with you on that, actually. I mean, things are, you know, looking up. It's not all doom and gloom, as you rightly say. In fact, uh, the Washington Post uh, recently did a a really good interview with, um, I think, some random teachers, uh, a small sample, but uh, teachers from across different uh, parallels and uh, what they tried to just gauge was how they were coping just to get the teacher's perspective. Um, and obviously everyone kind of expected people to say like, Hey, this is completely eaten into my, um, in, into my sort of mental life. And, you know, I'm, I'm not really able to cope anymore, but uh, it, it, some of them actually, actually went on to say that it's never been more magical than now, where they've actually said that for the very first uh-huh. time, just seeing the, the kid um, online, whatever, Right. Mm -hmm. But just to see the glee on their face, you know, just to see them laughing, just because you did something on the other side of the camera, um, that in itself brings so much joy to them. Um, So there was this one uh, excerpt where this uh, lady actually says that um, she noticed one day that uh, she had dismissed uh, her kids. So, you know, like at the end of one class and you go like, okay, kids, I'm off. Your next class is about to start right hmm, so what, hmm. what would we do we'd, we'd basically be in the classroom the teacher walks out we've got that little two minute break in the middle yeah. we all chit chat the next teacher comes in we we'll
0: would play a quick game of pen fight I think. pen fight okay. oh yeah
1: <laughs> we've done lots of stuff like that but you know those are the moments and then the next teacher walks in and everyone's like hush 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 right and then we go good morning teacher or whatever right but yeah. now yeah. it's different because now uh, a teacher would basically have to go right i'm off they they kill their session or they just go off the camera or whatever and the next person comes in clicks on the zoom link and comes in i imagine that's how it is um but just what she what she ended up doing was um she the 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 kids actually went no ma'am can you stay back uh they just wanted to talk to her just just wanted to talk to her like that's all they wanted to do like you know it's okay if your class is over and we'll wait for the next person to come in but let's just have a chat let's you know and this, for the very first time, you know, she, she was able to like relate to her students even more than what she did in her entire career. And what she actually said was she was not only just uh, enjoying them, she was learning with them, she was growing with them. And mm. you know, she just hopes that, you know, there's a better tomorrow because this generation of this this year, 2020, has shown her that kind of light that she wouldn't have expected um, physically being physically there in the classroom.
0: That's a really nice thing here. I think, I think, I think at the end of the day, I think, I think, you know, some teachers, they're just very clear, right? Like I was, t- that they just really want to make sure that their students are understanding stuff. They're able to connect with them. They're able to help them. I think this year for sure, mm. ha- you know, we've got stories where, uh, this whole different way of learning and schooling is now sort of being able to create experiences like, you know, the example that you just said, hmm. uh, I think, I think that is, uh, I think that is something nice, uh, just with all the, with all the tough stuff that's sort of going on and happening around.
1: Yeah. And, and obviously it's not been easy. I think, you know, uh, uh, you know, full kudos to the, the teachers, the students, the parents, everyone, like in all In all streams, like even even the people impacted on people on the periphery who've been impacted because of online education, like you know maybe the shopkeepers or the the guy running a tea stall or you know some Mm -hmm. stationery shop somewhere, he's not obviously seeing he or she's not obviously seeing the kind of uh, audience that they would have seen previously, and they you know probably running a loss. But that is the case pretty much everywhere globally. However, there are some beautiful signs, some heartwarming moments which restores faith in humanity and kind of drives home the point that probably all is not lost. Maybe maybe there still is a glimmer of hope, this this rather long, arduous and winding tunnel that we've been traversing through this year. Maybe, maybe there is a, a bright light at the end of it after all.
0: So that's a wrap for our first episode. Thanks so much for listening in. We learned a lot from speaking to some of the teachers and students about their experiences with online classes during this time. If you enjoyed listening to this one, you might want to follow us on Spotify or subscribe on Apple podcasts so that you don't miss out on any of the future episodes.
1: And just so you know, the podcast is called, Hey, You're on Mute, but you can actually be part of the conversation. Send us a message on our Instagram handle, HYOMpodcast. That's H-Y-O-M Podcast. And we'd be happy to have you as one of our guests.
0: That's it from us this week. Until the next time, stay safe and don't forget to unmute yourself.